the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Those who love us, who are close to us, who share a lot of our life with us, they start to realize, don't they? And we start to figure this out about each other, that most of us have more than one personality, don't we? I mean, the me who is me before I have 10 ounces of coffee is a very different me than the person I am after that coffee. Hungry you, when you're hungry, is not the same person as satisfied you. Tired you and I, when we are tired, we are not the same people. We actually have different kinds of, it seems like, right, different kinds of personalities living within us. Our emotions are like little personalities living within us. And when they are all aligned and they're all going in the same direction, then things seem and feel calm and smooth and like we got this and we can make it through another week of below zero. Hmm? But uh, our emotions all have their own kind of like belief system, don't they? Angry me remembers and believes things that happy me doesn't. We have our own, they have their own belief systems, they have their own drives, they have their things that they want. And we've been seeing in our readings of the last couple weeks how these different kinds of emotions manifest themselves and how they pursue things and what they want. And today, in the Gospel reading, we see anger. The Pharisees are getting angry because things are not going their way. They want to figure out what happened to this man. He was born blind. Jesus healed him, but they're not buying this story. And the story can't be true because if the story is true, then it means bad things for the Pharisees and their position of power. So they are getting angry and they are getting frustrated because people are not cooperating with their narrative and people are not. Um, and the and the blind man is actually standing up for himself. Our anger Anger is the belief system. It is our reaction. It is our drive when we encounter that something valuable, something we hold dear, something that is important to us, even something that is sacred, is under attack. So anger is that drive and that belief system within us that little personality within us that wants to go out and counterattack and defend and set things right. And our, you know, our society has this strange relationship with anger, right? We, I mean, if you, when we see someone who is sad, we think that person should be comforted. When we see someone who is fearful, we think, oh, that person should be encouraged. When we see someone who is ashamed, we, we think that they should have their self-esteem boosted. You know, we have these positive kind of 
sympathetic feelings towards people who have those feelings. But if we see somebody angry, we usually think that person needs to get themselves under control right now. Hmm? Because their anger is making me uncomfortable. That's what happens in the uh, that's what happens in the gospel story because the parents of them they bring in the parents of the man who is born blind and they start interrogating the parents and the parents know that this is trouble so they become afraid because the authorities are angry and so they are trying to say okay well we don't you know we know he's our son we know he was blind we have no idea how this happened that he can see now so why don't you ask him don't ask us any more questions their anger provokes this fear and on the other hand though Right? So we have this, we don't like seeing other people's anger. It makes us feel uncomfortable. On the other hand, when we see something that we feel is deeply unjust, that's wrong, that's unfair, that's wrong-headed, when we, and when we believe that the anger is justified, and when we believe that we are on the right side, then we find anger inspiring. And we kind of want to like, yeah, right? Can you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men, the music of a people who will not be slaves again, right? <clears throat> yeah, get them. Hmm? Because anger is, comes from righteousness. Anger comes from, it is our belief that something needs to be set right. The people in Nineveh when Jonah comes they fear they say the king says he says who knows we all got to repent we all got to turn this situation around because who knows God may turn and relent from his fierce anger against us so that we may not perish the people of Nineveh fear the anger of the Lord they know that God is coming to set things right and if we are on the wrong side when God comes to set things right, well, then that's not good for us. Anger is that drive that wants to set things right. But remember this. The scripture says this. In James chapter 1, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God our frustration our irritation our even once in a while our rage more often our annoyance will not put the world right the way that God wants it. God will put the world right. God will set everything right. God has set you right in Jesus by cleansing you in the blood of his Son, by bringing you through his Holy Spirit to into the life of repentance, the life of faith, the life of joy in the resurrection. God has set you right is setting you right and at the end of all things will set you finally right and will put you on the right side of everything when he comes to sort everything out
So in the meantime, until God comes to sort everything out and put everything where it's supposed to be and keep it there forever, until that time, what should we do? What should we do with this drive that we have to set the world right on our own terms? Hmm? Maybe this man in the gospel story, the man who is born blind, the man who now sees, maybe there's a lesson from him. Because he's not exactly, he's getting a little frustrated too. He is a little angry, too, that he keeps having to answer the same stupid questions over and over again, okay? Like, I just filled out this piece of paper to get my license renewed. I filled it out last week. I have to fill it out again. Hmm? So here he is being called up to answer the same questions over and over again. Except, except that the world is broken. And by the world, I mean especially the people who are around us, the people who are near us, the people we work with, the people we live with, the people who know all of our, all of our many personalities, the people whose many personalities we have come to know, except that they are not perfect, except that, they, that we are going to let each other down, and except that you and I are not called upon to make everything finally right. You will not set it right. And by trying, to, by trying too hard to set things right, we will simply create more problems down the road. We're not called upon, it is not my job or your job or our job to make, to fix everything. We are called to love. We are called to forgive. We are called to even look upon each other's sins and failings as our own and accept them as, in some senses, our burden. God will set the world right, and he is doing this in Jesus. And look at what this man in the gospel story does. When we have that drive to set things right, there is an energy that comes with that. Use that energy. Use that anger to give energy and courage to stand up, not for yourself, but stand up and witness to God making the world right. Align your, that energy with, stand up for the truth. Stand up for what God has declared to be good and true and beautiful. Not necessarily for ourselves and for what we want for the world, but this is what the man does. He, he keeps he keeps telling the truth. He says, he says, this is, he says, you know, you know, we don't know where this man comes from, this guy who opened my eyes, but we know, we know, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of the man of a man born blind. And you can hear his, you can hear his own frustration in what he has to undergo here. But he is he is aligned himself and his frustration with the truth. Because we our drive is either to hide our anger and pretend it doesn't exist, or to finally let it come blasting out and ruin things. Hmm? But the skillful expression of our anger aligned with the truth 
that also is part of our formation as Jesus' disciples, as we can see here. And finally, if we're going to do that, if you are going to actually try to align your, all of these conflicted personalities within us, if we're going to try to align all of these, even our frustration with the truth, then we also have to be ready to accept the consequences and accept that they may not be fair. Standing up for the truth in a perfect world would not get you kicked out of the synagogue. And yet, here it is for this man. The last verses of our reading say that they condemned him and they threw him out of the synagogue. And they separated him in doing so. They separated him from his family because his family is not going to go out of the synagogue with him. And they separated him from his social organization because he stood up not really for himself, but for the truth. And we're going to find next week what happens to him after he has been thrown out of the synagogue. But here's the last thing. You and I are not right about everything. But we are right that the world is not right. And that insight, that understanding that the world is not right, we have to deepen that understanding and, and say this is not just political, this is not just economic, but the world is not right because it has been deeply fallen and separated from God. And yet, and yet, God is working to set the world right. Not just set it right so that we don't have to do inconvenient things, not just set it right in the sense that some people have more money or whatever, or that the right person is elected. God is working in Christ, through us, in his church, through the forgiveness of our sins, through the message of the death and resurrection of Jesus for you, to set the world right. You have been set right. You are being made right. And in the end, when he comes to set everything right, he will put you on the right side of everything. This is what Paul says. He says, then each one at the end, at the la in the last verse of the second reading, he says, then each one will receive his commendation from God. Each one will hear, will hear what you have been longing to hear that you're right and that God is on the side of you being right and God has made you right and your sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.